guys, welcome to the 249 podcast. My name's Courtney, co-owner and coach at CrossFit 249. Each week I'm going to be speaking to members and experts on various topics including fitness, health, nutrition, mindset and everything involved in creating a healthy and functional life. This week we're talking all about nutrition. We talk about fad diets, how eating more can actually sometimes be better for you and we give you practical tips on how to improve your everyday eating. juicy one this week you guys are going to enjoy this one we are going to be talking about nutrition and fad diets oh my favorite (laughs) we've all had fantastic conversations at some point about this awful thing that we've seen or you know and people don't know they don't know that they're you know being taken for a ride or um just being duped for their money really because they don't understand. And, you know, we're not saying that people have to have a degree in nutrition to understand what's going on with their bodies, but that's kind of the problem. People keep them stupid so they can sell them whatever they want. That doesn't work, doesn't make sense. So, yeah, topics for today then. You say that, they've stopped even trying to hide it because that colon broom thing (sighs) is literally a shake that they advertise that's going to make you shit yourself to lose weight. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing, isn't it? Like, we're preying on the fact that people are so het up on the number on the scale rather than actually, you know, their body composition, their fat levels, you know, things that are actually going to make a difference to their health. And, you know, if if physique and aesthetics are the thing that they're chasing, that as well. Because flushing 15 to 20 pounds of toxic poop <laughs> as they write uh, is not improving that's not what you're looking for when it's people say they want weight loss they want fat loss don't they mm. it's a short term fix isn't it that's mm. the thing like you say it's the number on the scale will drop but it's not fat loss and I think we had a good conversation a little while ago and it was about um, a brand called Booty which was a 14 day mm. detox and you could buy it in Holland and Barrett and I was 14 years old and I was allowed to go and buy that. And it's basically a laxative. So a tea that you drink in the morning and in the evening. And it's like the evening one that basically makes you shit yourself. Um, and why I was allowed to buy that at 14, I never know. But that that is actually the moment that triggered disordered eating for me. Because I couldn't ever catch up with how much weight I could lose through the tea. Mm-hmm. So when I tried to lose weight, why I was trying to lose weight at 14, I don't know. But when I tried to lose weight in a healthy way it wasn't as rewarding because it'd be half a pound a week rather than seven pounds in two days. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it, I would always just go back to that. So I knew that I could eat whatever I wanted to for a while and then shit it out basically. Yeah. So it was a constant cycle of that. And I was like, yeah, 14 allowed to go and buy that in Holland Barrett. It wasn't even questioned. But you and that was such an easy prime way. prime target market, yeah. 14 year old girl. That's yeah. exactly who they want. And the fact is, well, I didn't, my parents didn't have to know about it either because I was just having, like, you wouldn't know. It, was, it just looked like green tea. Mm. And and so it was really easy. But that was the point that actually started everything. And it was affordable as well at the time. It wasn't like now, I think, you know, it gets so expensive. But I don't remember it being, it was enough that I could afford to buy it at 14. So yeah. it was accessible, which is really scary. But a lot of these things are, like even, you know, not just to 14 year old girls, but it's so easy, like one click buy now, you can just, oh, I might as well give it a go. 20 quid, why not? Like yeah. what am I, what have I got to lose? And it's it's such a shame that we, uh, 
as a society don't want to put the work in, like you say, to see a half yeah. pound loss, even though that half pound loss and the way that you've gained it or lost it are actually things that are going to last you a long time. Whereas, you know, I imagine if you stopped drinking this tea and you continued eating the way you were, you'd have put that seven pounds back well, yeah, on that, immediately. Well, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but it was just that constant cycle. So it was always, I was always like gaining weight, losing weight. So it was just, then I'd get more extreme because I couldn't keep that weight off. I, because you do get a certain point where you can't continue shitting. You get to a point where it has to stop. Challenge so, Yeah, well, well, I say that with somebody who suffers with IBS, but um, like you, you can only make so much, you know, quotations, progress with booty. Um, so then I would have to get more extreme. And then that's when it was like having booty and cutting calories. And then when that was too much, it was like, okay, now what's the next step after that? Yeah. Um, so, and yeah. yeah, I think that's, to main, the main issue I think of most people is exactly the wording you use to begin with. It's losing weight. And that's always everyone's focus is losing weight. And that's only what's said on the scales. So um, we need to get people into the mindset of it's you're losing fat, you're not losing weight. It's, people don't want to say the word it. fat. Yeah, yeah. no that's one wants to because that, that, that upsets people. That's a real trigger for a lot of people. Oh, yeah you have put some fat on rather than you've put weight on. Uh, well, yeah, and we're not saying nicer. you are fat. No. But objectively, if it you is. have gained weight and it's not muscle, yeah. it's probably fat stores. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's 20 pounds of toxic poop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's, but that's it. That's how it's, everything's marketed, to get people to buy it because it's all geared around a number and this is the weight you should be and this is what you should look like. And it's that like instant dopamine hit, isn't it? It's yeah. like you see oh, that number on the scale, it's gone down 10 pounds. pounds. Yeah. yeah. Stupid. Yeah. But... That's half the half the battle. I say half the battle, but that's pretty much the whole battle is trying to get people to understand that it's nothing to do with what the scale says weight wise. But like we've seen people in the gym who like have seen little to no progress on the scale. Like their number has not changed, but like their body shape, the way oh, their clothes oh, fit, their measurements massively. have all gone in the right direction. And it's just trying to show more people that that scale it's one marker and it's one tool, but it's not the be all and end all. It's not a stable metric. So it's not very helpful to us. No. Whereas other things, if you feel better in your clothes, if your photos show progress, if your measurements are going down the way you would like them to, they are stable metrics and they are also very good indicators yeah. of progress. The yeah. scale is just yeah. one tool. Yeah. And, and to show how inaccurate it is, that, that this is an example I've used many times. Where I used to work, there was a delivery guy who were basically fitted stuff in the post office and he was big. Now, when I say big, I mean he was like a 52-inch waist. He was a big boy, quite short, but I weighed more than him. Mm-hmm. And I was a 38 waist. Yeah. And he was a 52 waist. So yeah. just shows that weight is completely irrelevant because mm. um, he was fat, just fat, and I wasn't. Yeah. But my scale said I was heavier than him. So I was fatter than him. That's You're ready it. to be triggered. Isn't that because muscle weighs more, more than, than fat? Than than was. Was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly where I was going. <laughs> That is where I was going as well. I think we all like that little... Everyone's like, oh, On our edge, wait, do you want to start, Josh? No, it's all right, you can go. Oh, no, you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just drinking this coffee now. 
I just wanted to say the trigger. Oh, that's right. You just wanted to bring it out. I just wanted to trigger And that's that's it, and it that's 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 the main problem is everything's marketed around what you weigh, what the scales say. It's just easy. Whatever people are willing to buy, and what it is is quick, cheap fixes. Yeah, and it's all making money. That that nobody cares about anyone's health. Nobody that's selling these things, Weight Watchers, Slim World, I'm not singling them out, but they're the two oh, biggest brands. No, we are. They're <laughs> making money. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. They're not Meanwhile, helping anyone. Who's sponsoring carrots and? Yeah. Apples, you know. Hang on, and the yeah. NHS sponsored grapefruits. Yeah. Oh, well, Who's sponsoring the farm shop down the road? Nobody. But there's nobody making tons of money from selling an apple. Yeah. From making yeah. selling to, as yeah. weight loss. But those are the things that we need to go. But we we should come back to your muscle weights more than fat thing because what what the reason that we all after that is because. It's the same as the pound of feathers and a, oh no, a ton of feathers and a ton of bricks thing. Which one's lighter? Well, they're both a ton. And it's the same for muscle. A pound of muscle, a pound of fat is still a pound. So muscle doesn't weigh more than fat. But what we really mean by that is um, muscle takes up less space. So if you were to look at a pound of muscle and look at a pound of fat, the pound of muscle would look smaller and it looks you know, that is what, when people want that, like, toned look, and again, we can oh do a deep dive on that. But when people want definition and tone, it is muscle that they're looking for to shed the fat and to see the muscle underneath. But it does not weigh more. It is exactly the same weight. Weight is just weight. It is what it is. A pound is a pound, but it's just that it takes up, it's more dense. It takes up less space. And that, that is something that's been chucked around for so, oh, so yeah. long, isn't it? Oh my God. But I feel like that's another way that people kind of justify yeah. things to themselves sometimes as well. If they look at the number on the scale and they go, well, I lifted one, one kilo dumbbell yesterday and muscle weighs more than fat so yeah <laughs> yeah no I do I do think it is and I I'm going back to your point um obviously you can't see us but anybody who knows me in person like I'm a tall girl so I've always weighed more than my friends who are all like five foot two five foot three and that used to really bother me because but there was no context I would I wouldn't think like oh like I'm taller that's why I should weigh more I just was comparing myself to other people my age and was just thinking I'm so much bigger than all of them and that and that is like what really bothered me and I've always been quotations bigger than my friends because I'm a taller person and I've I've just carried more weight that is just how I am um, and I think it's just knowing like your own anatomy and your own body and knowing like what's normal for you mm. not what's normal for your friends not what's normal for your family members I've got a completely different build to other people in my family and it's just basing it on what's your normal because I think you can get so hooked up in in what your friends um like weigh and look like and especially within like CrossFit I feel like people can really compare themselves to competitive athletes because that it, you know they'll post their weights and things especially like for weightlifting competitions and people will just think oh that's I have to be that weight and it's like you've got to base it on actually you and your anatomy and your lifestyle of what's normal but I think they're a good example sometimes in showing how the scale doesn't tell the whole story because some of these crossfit athletes or like pro athletes weigh what people might consider to be quite a lot like some of these olympic or like Pro athletes weigh like 80 kilos, the females. Yeah. And I know a lot of women who would be very unhappy with being 80 kilos, but 
let me tell you, those people are not unhealthy. They're not carrying excess fat stores around. No, so again, it just goes to show exactly if they've got six packs, but they weigh 80 kilos, like it it goes to show that the number is pretty arbitrary, really. It does, like you say, there's no context, it doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, Josh, your BMI is claiming that you're nearly overweight, right? So, I've I've been 74 kilos three times in my life, one of them's now, and I've looked very, I'll try to find the pictures so we can post it with the podcast, but well, I look completely different in all of those pictures. Mm -hmm. Same for me now, like the weight I am now, I, I actually don't know what it is, but I know that through my weight loss journey, I will have been this weight before, but it was definitely more fat stores than I've got now. You yeah. know, I've got more muscle. I'm not saying I'm I'm ripped. That's not what I'm saying. But again, you look different. Yeah. But also goes to show that BMI is also not a, always a great number either to compare yourself to. Because yeah. I, if anyone doesn't know Josh, he is a small man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would not be saying that. But like, he's not. He's again, like, you know, not got loads of excess fat, but. Um, is sitting at nearly overweight on the BMI scale. So, and so <laughs> but it's all muscle. And well, com- yeah. body composition is totally different. Like only two weeks ago, I was told I was overweight at the doctor's when I had my BMI done, and that might be the reason why I'm having, um, like, I keep getting coughs because they're saying it might be the fact that I'm overweight. And again, <laughs> if you see me in person, I'm not overweight, and I no. know that, and I'm healthy. I train like five days a week. I live a healthy lifestyle. I know that. But both our body compositions, like Josh's and I, completely different. Yet apparently we're both overweight, overweight on the BMI, which is crazy. Well, going on the BMI thing, I only can use this as an example because I don't know their weight. (laughs) Matt Fraser, his competitive level was at ninety-five and a half kilos. That is my weight. We look very different. (laughs) And on the BMI, I am just on the overweight, and he would be overweight. Yeah, because he's shorter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so and yeah and that's the other marker that they all use and all the companies that send all this stuff it's all off of your BOI they weigh you and take your height that's it yeah and I don't, I don't think it's a terrible tool but it's good not for the something. general public it's not yeah. good for anybody that does yeah. any level of training because that the, the nurse that was weighing me had no context of my life at all she yeah. just weighed me whereas I you know I'm taller i have been trained for a long time i'm gonna have more um muscle on me but none of those things were in, into consideration it was just you're overweight i can't do anything about that i know we had a conversation afterwards because i was just like shocked and i tried to see the funny side of it because she also said my sports bra was nice but <laughs> i just couldn't like i was just so shocked um to have that especially with somebody who's like struggled with like their weight and kind of accepting being bigger and mm. stuff like that I'm just glad it was said to me now. Whereas if that was said to me like even a year ago, that would have like really triggered me. Um, so it's just about them like, again, somebody in a healthcare like profession being probably a little bit more sensitive and taking on more context and not just using the BMI as one tool either. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely had that uh, conversation at the doctor. Like why they weigh you every single time, I don't even know, but um, had been weighed before and then went back and had put on a few pounds. Like, it really wasn't even extreme. It literally was about three pounds. And they were like, oh, you're looking a, li- you're a little bit heavier. But, um, oh, well, I guess you look healthy. So, but genuinely seemed really confused by this. I was like, yeah, yeah I, I lift weights. So, yeah. I guess that explains that, really. Question for you. Go on. Have you ever been weighed at the doctor's? 
Never. No, me either. No. <laughs> on just how like women are treated differently in the fitness oh, and health industry but more or less every time I go to the doctors and it sounds like with Courtney as well I am weighed mm-hmm. that's why it doesn't matter what I go in there for no I've I been before <laughs> I had a bruise on my ankle that was there for like two months and I was like why is this bruise still there I don't know let's weigh you <laughs> as if my weight's going to be the solution <laughs> to this bruise 3,000 extra stone and that's putting yeah. too much pressure on your ankle uh, honestly yeah it is every but, time yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> like, so weird. And I think as well, like the menstrual cycle and things like that, obviously like my weight fluctuates as most women's does so much within mm. the menstrual cycle. So if you're going to the doctors on a Monday when you have just finished your period and then you go maybe like three weeks later when you're just about to come on your period, that weight's going to change. But again, they don't even ask you about your menstrual cycle. So yeah, it's just like you're overweight, you here's a leaflet <laughs> on <laughs> weight loss and there's no support. And that, and that is why people go to kind of bring this full circle. That is then why people then go for these quick fixes because they don't want to read a leaflet on the NHS better life or whatever it's called now they rebrand it every so often but it's just the same crap with no support really but having said that uh you have been working with somebody who had an nhs um prescribed diet or something didn't yes. they that we don't necessarily agree with anyway oh, so, so difficult. yeah um I'll, I'll try not to make it too long but basically they are going to have um an operation so they need to ha- lose quite a bit of weight before they can have this operation and they were uh, prescribed by their doctor to have grapefruit and rice pretty much and 200 millilitres of like soup because we looked through it didn't we and it was it was horrific it was like half a grapefruit in the morning with a black coffee and then one egg on toast and then it was like boiled rice for lunch with um 200 millilitres of soup half a grapefruit and then another black coffee, and then I think it was even another grapefruit. So he was having like one and a half grapefruits a day. So I was like, what's happening to the other half of the yeah, grapefruit? It was like 50 grams of chicken. Yeah, the protein was right at the end of the day. Um, and I was honestly horrified. Like, I couldn't believe that this was actually what was being prescribed. Um, now she's working with me, she's eating all the foods that she loves in a calorie deficit, but nothing aggressive. And she's sustainably losing kind of about two pounds a week, kind of between one and two pounds, which still for me, like I'd like it to be a little bit less, but because um, she is quite overweight, um, that is kind of a, you, people who tend to be a bit bigger or have more fat on them will lose more weight um, than somebody who's already at a like healthy weight because they don't have as, as much excess fat to lose. Um, and I just felt so sorry for her because that's why, because what was happening was she was following this diet and then binging because she was restrict, restrict, restrict and then binge and was kind of starting to develop going down that route of really poor eating habits. Um, and it's really much of her mental health as well. So I'm glad she reached out to me. Um, and she's obviously in good hands now, <laughs> but just, it was really horrifying. I couldn't actually believe it. When There's I... so many things out of what you've just said where I was like, oh my God, we could go down this tangent. Yeah, this I know, tangent. and that's, I'm trying not just... to, I'm trying to keep it concise, but I just, like, it was, I was like, wow, I can't believe this happened. How many calories 
is that? Did you work it out? Like how many uh, calories she's been just over, just under one thousand two hundred, which is about the calories for for a toddler. So. Right, and I'm gonna guess. I haven't met this person, but I'm gonna guess that they don't weigh the amount that a toddler weighs. <laughs> no, if she's no, got no, no. So, to lose. so she's lost like over a stone now. I'm doing really well through healthy again through healthy eating, um, which is amazing. But yeah, so for somebody of her size with the type of lifestyle that she had. Having 1,000, I think it was like 1,190 calories, which is like a calories for a toddler, isn't enough. And no wonder why she was binging. Yeah, but it was really hard because then obviously I was coming in saying, you need to eat more and that mucks with people's it's hair. And a lot of people yeah. don't realise mm. you actually need to like eat more sometimes to actually lose weight because you're actually not necessarily in a calorie deficit because say if you are eating 1,200 calories, three days a week, you then binge, and then in that time period, you're eating 3,000 calories, and then you continue to binge throughout the week, you've, you're not in a calorie deficit anymore. That's why you're not losing weight. Um, so yeah, so she's doing amazing, um, but it's just a shame it, how it kind of started. Because she was losing like seven pounds, but then putting it back on, and she needs to lose the weight for the operation. So it was obviously very stressed as well. Um, so yeah, she's doing great. So now. that's the thing. The one of the things that I thought from that was because obviously earlier we'd said about losing like a steady half a pound a week, and yeah. now we're saying about losing one to two pounds a week. So I just wanted to bring some clarity to that yeah. to say that obviously that is very individual. The yeah. amount of fat that you've got will somewhat determine the amount of weight that you can safely lose per week. Um, but also that you shouldn't be comparing yourself to anybody else. If yeah. you are steadily losing half a pound a week or thereabouts, you are making progress. Yeah. You know, if we're looking in the long game, where are you going to be in a year from now? And that person who's losing two pounds a week now, that will slow down and stall out at some time yeah. and they will reach. So you're all just at very different stages. So what is working for one person or the results that one person is getting does not necessarily have any bearing on yours and it's just yeah. important to know that there's not a, a goal to aim for necessarily. Yeah, um, it's a context thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that's why I did have to set her expect, um, expectations because I was like, this, you know, this weight is coming off now, but you will get to a point where that slows down, but that's like normal. And it's like, don't freak out about that. We're not going to then continue to keep cutting and cutting your calories. Um, so it's just setting people's expectations if you are a coach and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, with you know how much weight is you know safe uh, safe to lose. I think feel people, like we could go. Sorry, Josh. Sorry, I think people need to understand you can't just lose weight forever. Mm, as well, yeah. you need at some point to just hit maintenance for like four six weeks, give your body a little break, and then go back to losing weight if you want or need to. Like you don't have yeah. to go on a year long cut because that would be miserable. I feel like we need to do a whole another podcast just on like safe, sustainable fat loss and like all of the, the metrics that go into it, how to periodize it, all of that. But I want to bring it back around to nutrition because that was the topic of today's uh, podcast. And the thing that really struck me out of that um, delightful menu that you just read off was the priority of carbs mm. it was all carbs yeah. very little fat in there that i could see mm. an egg yolk i didn't i'd yeah, take what's in your soup carbs. maybe um and there's 50 grams of chicken breast at the end of the day yeah oh it did Which, suggest a high protein soup 
which I mean yeah, that was it. And I was like, how much protein can you get in a two, soup? Two hundred mil. Yeah. Yeah. Two hundred mil. Um, and you couldn't have like you just mil. yeah, drink two hundred mil. Half a mug. I know. <laughs> like and um, wonders why she was binging. I was like, you're not actually eating like at all. But the the it's just strange to me that there's such a focus on carbs when we know that protein and fats like promote satiety and make us feel full and make us not want to reach for more food and carbs do the opposite of that now please do not take that as we are demonizing carbs we love carbs we love carbs we love carbs (laughs) they are useful they're tasty they're so good for us but if you are trying to lose weight eating purely carbs all day is not the way to do it. Yeah, you chase that hunger, don't you, as well, like with, I think, with carbs, because obviously it is your body's main source of energy, so yeah. you're going to use that first, and that's where you get people that will, like, come to me, or, like, all of us are coaches, and they say, I barely eat any, like, anything, like, I have, you know, a breakfast bar for, obviously, breakfast, and then I might have some crackers for lunch, and then it's like, but then at dinner time, they're so hungry, because they've had about 500 calories of just pure carbs all day, and then they binge in the evenings, because they're so hungry, because it then, your body's used up those carbs, and it's like, I need some proper food now. Yeah, and I think we need to point out, when we say carbs, what we're talking about, really, is not vegetables, we're talking Mm. about rice, pasta, bread, all the carbs in, in like hyphens and what's it speech marks whatever you want to call it that's what everyone sees as carbs rather than mm-hmm. like all the vegetables and things where actually there's carbs in pretty much everything yes it's processed carbs refined processed carbs, carbs and refined carbs starchy yeah. carbs the very different carbs. yes yeah like Courtney said we're definitely not saying you can't have yeah. carbs but like you need to think of protein and, and fats as, as well so and this obviously NHS diet and a lot of the uh, um, other brands like Slimming World for example they have like pasta and rice as free which means you don't have to track those foods yeah, which is, mm-hmm. which is so you'd have as much pasta and rice as you want um, but then I think it's salmon because I think Slimming World works on like fat so the higher the content of fat it will have more points weighted to it and you can only have a certain amount of points per day um and obviously that's something like salmon which is a great source of fat and protein um is something ridiculous like x amount of sins because it's high in fat so then people would rather will then have a whole bowl of pasta with just sauce on it that's got not really that much nutritional value. Well, exactly. If rather we than having salad and potatoes and asparagus, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, the bowl of pasta with tomato sauce or, you know, pasta sauce is free, but salmon with some potatoes, a bit of butter and asparagus is like 12 sins, for example. Yeah. See, I don't know the exact yeah. sin numbers, but you get the gist. It was the same. You know, I think it was you that said about this before, Courtney, the banana, like a mm. uneaten banana, peeled, start eating, fine. Mash it, it has sins. <laughs> and I just don't know what people think their teeth are doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not adding more calories. Yeah, that's what your teeth do. But to they me, chew it's things. not even... Like I said, the thing is, there is a very tiny nuanced difference between, like, drinking carbs and eating starchy or, like, fibrous vegetables. Like, there is a nuanced difference, but we need to meet people where they're at. And telling people to demonise bananas, essentially, is not is not the way to go. If people are struggling, and we know 
The data is out there to show that people do not, as a whole, eat enough fruit and vegetables. No. And if that's the problem that we've got, why are we trying to tell them you can only eat them in certain forms? Yeah. I don't get it. It's it's so bizarre. Doesn't make any sense. And the whole, like, oh, potatoes are bad and all that kind of stuff as well. Oh, so many good micronutrients in potatoes. But potato is one of the very few vegetables that has everything in it. Like, when I say everything, I mean it has all the proteins. It has all of the, the basic... Um, micronutrients like it has iron and it has niacin it has a bit of zinc in it it literally has everything you need it would be a boring life but you could live on potatoes <laughs> and while we're here on potatoes a sweet potato is not better than a normal potato nutritionally they are almost identical if anything the sweet potato has more sugar more carbs in it than a regular potato yeah. so please normal. don't demonise yeah. white potatoes either that, they, they are tasty they are delicious they're good for you. And they're more you expensive. Think they taste worse. <laughs> they're, more, okay. they're more expensive. Pulling it out. Don't know. Sweet well. potatoes can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but that's the switch I got again through, you know, like something we could kind of talk about is a fad that came along of like everything that's brown is better. So like mm. sweet potato is better, brown rice is better, brown yeah. pasta is better. And oh. actually, like for somebody, this might be the same for you because we both have IBS, but for me, actually brown isn't great for me because it's makes brown yeah for me actually having more simple carbohydrates so having it's more fibrous yes yeah so actually brown for me and again following that before with no context of just this was a new fad of like everything brown is better for you i wondered why like i was just having serious bloating lots of cramps and lots of extra time on the toilet um but i actually now have more like white wraps um like bagels that tend to be white, um, like white potatoes, and actually my body deals with that better. Mm. But again, I have had it um, at family parties, events, stuff like that. When I'm then eating, say, like a white bread sandwich, that you, like you, the healthy one, eating white bread, <laughs> what? Imagine. You know, what? and it's like, what? Um, because people think it's, you know, it's got more salt in it and all this stuff, and it's like, but again, it's with no context mm. at all. And there is place for all food in your diet in moderation. I think you have to remember that. And if you don't, if you're only having brown because you think that's what you have to have, even if you, and you don't prefer the taste, have white, but you know, focus on other things in your diet where you can get you know some more fiber in or something. And like you that. don't prefer the taste because I know I do. Everyone I do. I was going to say no. Every single one is every. It's like it's earthy, terrible. nutty. I love brown oh, rice. It's like got no. a bit of an extra no. white rice jasmine no rice all the way. We like jasmine rice, we like jasmine rice, rice don't we? Shout out now. Love, love jasmine rice. Yeah. So for yeah. me, it's sushi rice always. Oh, sushi oh, rice. Yeah, but I think it's sticky one. coconut rice, isn't it? Yeah. Sticky coconut. Oh. Oh, sushi rice is just plain rice, and then you add the coconut to it, it makes it. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I like like the sticky Japanese yeah. rice as well, and then jasmine rice. They're yeah. they're my two um, that I go for. I mean, I I do personally prefer brown bread. I no, yeah, that's the thing. I do. I also prefer brown bread, but I've been having more like white <laughs> white bagels instead more recently. <laughs> Just because I digest it a bit um, yeah. better. So, oh, white bagels are better for sure. Yeah. But I think we need to remember as well that we can't look at things in isolation. This is the problem. And this is where marketing gimmicks come from because they can pick one specific thing to either tell you you're doing wrong or this is the way we can improve it because 
that's an easy sell, but actually you can't look at one thing in isolation because that's not how you eat. No. Do you just eat a potato? Maybe if you have a jacket potato, I don't know. Do you just eat one slice of bread on its own? No, you've probably got butter on there. You've got peanut butter, you've got jam. What I'm saying is we eat foods as meals quite often or we yeah. eat them in combinations and we don't eat things in isolation. So we need to look at the bigger picture and not just pick one specific thing to target. And I don't know if anyone, you know, if you've been in the weight loss, health, fitness industry, whatever, for any amount of time, and I don't mean working in it, I mean just a part of it as in you've been trying to improve your health, then you will have seen that every year, six months, I don't know, however they can get, however long they can get away with it for, it changes. Yeah. yeah. You know, how many years did we go along with fat is the enemy, we can't yeah. eat fat, and yes. now it's like, fat's really good for you, don't eat carbs, and then it's like, you must yeah. eat all protein. Like, oh yeah, the current one's sugar in it, there's, there's... Yeah, sugar. Everyone's bad. trying to get rid of sugar. But that's, the, that's um, why everything's going sugar free. Yeah. As if that's better. And uh. funny enough, I, I feel like I keep bringing it back to, to clients, but again, bringing a bit of context, I'm new in my uh, kind of coaching journey. So I'm coming a lot to these three people who are much more experienced than me for a lot of help and advice. And one of uh, my clients, she's having issues regulating her menstrual cycle and things. I was like, right, okay, let's focus on your fat get having more fat in your diet, like focus on fat in every meal. She's like, I can't. And I was like, why? She's like, because it's gonna make me fat. And we're, oh, we're yeah. in a calorie deficit. And I was just, and I was able to kind of like explain it to her. But again, that's something that we've really spoken about, like the menstrual cycle and nutrition around that. But she couldn't believe the fact that I was asking to eat fat, mm -hmm. you know, and all I was saying is just fat in every meal. Let's start adding like a quarter of avocado. Cause she had very little fat in her diet. Let's just start small. but. Yeah, she just couldn't believe that I was asking her to eat fat because she thinks that fat will make her fat. And it's like... But no. there's two really main points to take from that. One, dietary fat, fat that you eat, is not the same as body fat that you store. Body fat that you store can come from any source. Mm. It can come from protein, carbs, fat yeah. that you eat. can literally come from any food. If it's in excess, you will store it as fat. Yeah. It is not if you eat fat, that it turns into fat in your body. That's literally just not how the, the system works. And uh, I think the second thing to take from that, I can't remember. What did you just say? Um, <laughs> saying about having fat in every meal and- Oh, cycle, yeah, yeah hormones. We, as women, cannot be fucking around with this. You yeah. cannot just cut out a food group. Men, anybody, any person cannot cut out a food group, but women especially, you cannot be just deciding, I don't want to eat that food group anymore, that macronutrient anymore, because your hormones are dependent on it. Yeah. They are all regulated. Like literally hormones need fat to travel around the body. That's like their messenger, they're carrying like uh, transport, if you like. So if you don't have it, if you don't eat it, how can you expect to function well? Yeah, and it was just, she was just really shocked. She couldn't like quite, believe it and it's I get it because I have been there but it's like when you're really trying to help someone um whether that's gaining weight or losing weight but yet they don't want to accept what you're telling them that can be quite a difficult position to be in because then they can then go to like Weight Watchers or Slimming World um and be given again a quick fix mm. to that they don't want a sustainable weight loss or a sustainable weight gain that might take a little bit longer and actually 
eating all the foods that they want because yeah. they can just go and lose seven pounds in a week and that, that's that's part of the problem isn't it? that it is like I say a quick fix no one wants to put the effort in yeah that's that's it. No, no one wants to go home and peel some carrots or chop up some vegetables or peel some like some other vegetables that they want to eat. Yeah. Prepare some other feet and meat or fish if they want to prepare that or prepare anything because it's it's effort. Mm. No, nobody wants to put the effort in. Everyone wants to go. I can just eat this meal that's ready for me. Yeah, slimming well. Because well. it's gonna make me lose weight. Mm. I think the trouble is, like. The way nutrition works and the way our bodies work is quite complicated. And as a whole, people don't want to take the time to learn it. And I get that. I appreciate that. And as I said at the beginning, I don't think everybody needs to have a degree in nutrition or anatomy or anything like that to understand it. But because it's much harder to understand all the little nuances and the processes and the impacts that different foods have and things like that, that is a very big project to take on it's a lot of work it's a lot more effort mm. whereas if you just go to slimming world and they just tell you eat this that's very yeah. easy to follow isn't it mm. but the reality is it doesn't have to be complicated nutrition actually can be simple to follow but the other problem with that is sometimes simplicity is one it doesn't yield quick results so that's a problem yeah. but two it's almost like well i'm not doing obvious. enough yeah. yeah yeah people don't want to hear that they just they want you to um you know program them more workouts so when I, somebody comes to me and i'm like okay you're you've never stepped in the gym before i'm like okay let's start with three day a week full body program no i can't do that i you know i need six days a week but you're not trained at all now you know but they don't want to hear that they want more and more and more but then they're not going to stick to it and the same with like their calories they want you to put them on 1,500. Mm, they don't they want, want a big deficit. Yeah, they don't actually want a 10% deficit, which is say, you know, for you know, for me, that would be, you know, 2,000 odd calories or whatever, 2,200. They don't want that. They want you, they want to see little numbers and big workouts because they think that is what's going to happen. And that, but that's why they don't stick to it or they never start because it's too much. Mm. And the other problem is that we should probably mention, because I think a lot of people don't necessarily know or understand about this as well, if you set up with a big calorie deficit, you are shooting yourself in the foot for later yeah. on because your body will adapt to the amount of food that you give it. So if you start feeding it 1,500 calories now, it is going to slow down. It's going to start to shut down other processes that are not necessarily vital right now. And it will adapt to burn 1,500 calories. Yeah. So if you were initially burning 2,000 and you were eating 1,500 and you had that deficit of 500 your body will adapt and it will start burning 1500. Well, now you're back at zero. And now where are you going to go? 1200. Great. Okay. You can't really get any lower than that. So you haven't really given yourself enough room to keep making yeah. progress. Whereas if you were just to knock off 100, 200 calories every yeah. few weeks or however long it takes for you to stop seeing progress, for your body to catch up and you to stall out, well, you've now got loads more steps that you can go down and keep making that progress. You just can't do that if you take a massive chunk out straight away. And that's if you can stick to it, which is the Yeah, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't stick to it. And uh, <clears throat> something that I learned from a coach when I was like working with to kind of help with my nutrition, um, when I started getting back into the gym and eating properly, was the goal isn't to eat as little as possible. The goal mm -hmm. is to eat as many calories as possible while still 
like dropping weight like that is actually the goal to be able to eat as much as possible while still getting that sustainable fat loss and that changed it for me because I would do the same and put myself in these huge calorie deficits and wonder why couldn't lose weight. Miserable. Yeah, so, mis- <laughs> so yeah. miserable. Um, What's the CrossFit thing at the end? It's like eat enough to fuel performance, but and not, not fat levels. Yeah. yeah, but not fat but levels. Not, not yeah. Fat yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. it, isn't that's it? it? Yeah, that whole big speech is quite good, actually. Uh, yeah, fitness in hundred words. That's yeah. why we have got it above the door, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's like noticeable. People don't need a nutrition degree, but that's the sort of stuff that people go, well, okay, so. What do I need to eat? How much do I need to eat to reduce my fat level? Do you know the simplest thing is to eat what you're eating and make a note of it and make a note of your weight changes because that is a tool. Let's just bear that in mind. That is a tool. Do that for a week, couple of weeks. And then if your weight stays exactly the same, great. You're eating about maintenance. You're burning and um, eating about the same number of calories. And if you want to lose some weight or lose some fat, take out a snack, reduce your portion sizes, the tiniest bit Mm. again, and just track it. And that's it. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to start following all these crazy meals. Start with where you're at and then go from there. maybe explain about like what would a balanced meal look like because I think that's again a lot of people just focus on either just carbs or they go the other way when they start getting into the gym and hear about protein is great for me and just focus on protein and this people don't really eat a balanced While meal. While we're here I want to address this protein situation because I'm a massive advocate for protein, don't get me wrong. However, I am very sick of seeing all of these packages that say great source of protein. And when we look at their labels, what we need to really understand is what a protein source is. And if 60% of the calories in that food are coming from carbs, it is not a protein source. (laughs) It might have some protein in it, but it is not a protein source. So most foods, again, things don't come in isolation. Most foods are not one macronutrient or the other. They usually have different amounts of all three or a combination of a couple of them. Um, So like, just as an example, I can think of a very specific brand and I know this because a friend brought me this packet because I had just casually suggested to her that eating some more protein might be good for her because she had started going to the gym. She was feeling quite hungry, blah, blah, blah. So she brought me this packet. She was like, yeah, yeah, look, I'm doing it. I'm eating all the protein. Brought me a flapjack that said in bold letters on the front, source of protein. Not her fault. Not her fault. She has followed the instructions that were given to her. However, when you looked at the label on the back, the uh, whole flapjack, like the calories in the whole flapjack were sort of like, I don't know, 150 to 200 or whatever. And 100 calories of that were coming from oats from carbs, no surprise. There were 10 grams or 10%, I can't remember actually what the numbers were now, but it was very little amount of protein in the flapjack. It was all carbs. Is it the Grey's one? Yes. Yeah, I know this because this was like a trackable food for me. 8.8 grams of protein. There we go, right. I, I, I'll put money on that. I'm pretty sure it's 8.8 8 grams. So don't get me wrong, like, it's got extra protein check, in it. You? If you were going to eat a flapjack, a flapjack with some extra protein in and less sugar in it might be a better choice. But if you were trying to eat some protein, a flapjack is not the thing that you were looking for. 
Anyway, going back to um, a balanced plate. As I said earlier, we don't eat foods in isolation. So what we're really trying to do is eat a balance of all the macronutrients in one go. It actually does wonders for your blood sugar, for your, uh, the way your body regulates food, etc. If you eat all of the macronutrients, not necessarily you know, in one forkful, but in you know, the 20, 30 minutes that you're eating your dinner... So typically, a really easy way that I start clients off um, is something called the anytime plate. So if you were to imagine your dinner plate, um, and obviously this has to be individual because as you were saying earlier, Nick, if vegetables, fibrous things like that are going to play up with your IBS, then obviously we change things. But for the general population, if you look at your dinner plate and you divide it into half and half of that you're going to fill with vegetables, hopefully different colours, Broccoli, sweet corn, carrots, you know, actual really good vegetables. And if you can eat the rainbow, even better. On the other half of your plate, you're going to divide that in half again. So you get two quarters. A quarter of your plate then is going to be made up of a protein source. And when I say protein source, I mean something that is made majority of protein and not carbs with an addition of protein in it. So meats, fish or tofu, soy, you know, whatever your protein source might be. And then the other quarter is going to be made up of starchy carbs. This is where you're going to get your rice, your potatoes, any other kind of grains. And again, we'll just figure out what grains are going to suit you best, but it shouldn't be the majority of your plate, which is what we were saying earlier, that most recommendations, like my fitness pal gives out like a 60% Oh, it's it? mental. Yeah. It is mental. Yes. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's either 60, 15, 15 or 50, 20, 30. But protein's always the lowest. So yeah, it's 50 carbs, 20 protein. And then on the fat. side of that plate, we just have like, um, so another really good tool is to use your hand to measure out your portions. Um, and you'll have like a thumb of fat. So it might be that you've cooked your vegetables in oil, that would count as your thumb, or it might be that you put an avocado on the side or whatever it might be, but we're looking for around about a thumb or two thumbs, depending on your um, body weight, your goals, etc. of fat. But this anytime plate really suits most people. We're looking for majority vegetables, bit of starchy carbs, bit of protein, bit of fat. Yeah, and I think another one, just thinking of, you know, looking at your plate, do you have carbs, fat and protein? But another one, because some people can make a meal like that, but there'd still not be any colour mm. in their meal, like variety. Mm, no. So I would say carbs, fat, protein, colour, because I think then that gets them to think, have I actually got a bit of green in there, a bit of red, a bit of purple or, or whatever, because you can actually have quite a beige meal yeah. still having carbs, protein and, and fat. So another thing that I start quite a lot of um, clients off with is uh, the rainbow challenge so they have a, nice, a list yeah. of all the different fruits and vegetables that obviously that come under each color because I think sometimes you can forget what exists as well if I said yeah. to you to eat one fruit or vegetable of each color it'd be like well what's white what's purple I can't think of anything so uh, yeah you get a list and then you just tick it off every day you just try and eat one of each color and onions really easy one that's white done again onions people don't think of but there's lots of nutritional benefit in onion um yeah, and it can be fruits or vegetables throughout the day. But like you say, it's just adding that colour because there are different micronutrients in each colour of fruits and vegetables and we want to get a broad, you know, vast array of them. I think another thing that might be helpful for people is organic or not. Ooh, because this, again, I feel yeah. like this has been, like more recently been um, becoming a thing. And yeah, people, I don't buy that much organic stuff because it does tend to be more expensive. But what I try to do is well, like go to a fruit or veg store. So there's quite a few around here, we're quite lucky. So I'll try to buy my fruit and vegetables there 
um, because yeah, I'm like that's as close as organic I can get rather than going to Sainsbury's and paying like more just because it's got organic on. So I think maybe that would be helpful for people because people just think organic everything. Mm. And look, don't get me wrong. If you if you can afford to go the grass fed beef, organic fruits and vegetables route, fantastic. Yeah. Do it. But don't let that be a barrier to you starting to eat these sorts of fresh fruits and vegetables or fresh foods because it doesn't have to be. Everything's on a continuum. So if you're currently at zero eating no fruits and vegetables and you would like to eat some, don't think that it has to be organic or nothing. Like just eating something is still a step on the way there. Yeah. Frozen. That's that's the thing is now. Yeah, frozen as well. People don't think of that. And, you know, again, that would be something that I've tried to say to people, especially if they've got, you know, they've got children, they're a busy, like, mum. Obviously, I only work with um, women, so I'm saying mum, not singling out the dads. <laughs> um, I'll say just start with frozen veg because at least that's easy for them and their children. They're not having to spend lots of time cutting up things. But again, people are like, but frozen's bad for you. And I'm like, it is literally picked <laughs> and then frozen. If anything, sometimes, especially like frozen fruits and stuff, just go frozen fruits it's more affordable mm. and it, it holds its nutritional value as well but people seem to demonize frozen do they yeah i've never heard of that have you not because you're not a woman just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're not we're not allowed to have frozen fruit and veg either apparently we're not um, we're pre-prepared because if you like me and completely fucking lazy i buy all my veg in them little med veg pre-prepared tubs because i can just chuck them in the oven mm-hmm. done it's already sliced seasoned yeah. boom there well exactly and you're a perfect example of someone on the continuum who was at zero because yeah, we yeah. all joked and laughed no, at you because you were eating no rice, yeah. vegetables yeah. or fruit yeah. at all and so your step to starting to eat some was buying it pre-prepared the easiest possible way to get it in you don't have to do any of the work apart from eat it yeah, yeah. and even that's hard <laughs> but you're like, it's a step, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's a step it on the day. way there. I actually got five fruit and veg a day now. Look at me go. Thank you. <laughs> Those weren't clutch, Mark. <laughs> I don't know how many people you've all had ask you this or, or have said this to you, but I've had a few people over the last few years saying about, um, but I don't really like veg. Mm. So, what do I do? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and why would they like veg? veg? You said well, that. I, you? What do you mean why you don't like veg? Because but I completely it. get it because yeah. all the food that we're marketed now is hyper palatable. It's sugary, it's salty, it gives you that fast hit of all those happy hormones. Like, why would you want to eat a vegetable yeah. if you can eat a pretzel or you know some okay. other whatever? Insert vice here. I mean, I mean, the, for the people that say, "Oh no, I don't like vegetables," uh, they're, they're the ones that definitely have never really eaten all of the vegetables they've tried broccoli and cauliflower and they've got now to like in brussels and i said no don't like any of them so i can't possibly like any veg i am that person you I are that person. Love brussels if you are that kind of person that doesn't like vegetables or you don't think you like vegetables start looking at some of the other weird vegetables that no one really thinks of like beetroot no one really eats beetroot anymore and parsnips like, or just flavouring them. Yeah, like roast them. Yeah. Mm, put some salt on some veg. That's, now I've tried that med veg where it's actually got like stuff on it. I'm like, oh, this is actually nice. Whereas before I'd just 
steam or boil frozen veg and well, exactly. like, this tastes a bit like farts <laughs> broccoli <laughs> cooked like that tastes a yeah. bit like farts yeah. but we I think are all pretty much from the generation I don't know if it was the same for you but I hear it a lot from people where the vegetables that you were served as a child were boiled, boiled machine yes. Yes. yes horrible things and actually there's so, like roasted veg I am someone who did not eat any vegetables until she was 22 and only then would I eat peas that was, the, that was That's my so one. That's so random because a lot of people don't like peas. I, I can't think. understand that because they're so sweet. They're, they just taste yeah. like sugar. They're yeah. incredible. Like, like if you look at the ratio of them, they're mostly sugar. Like like oh, peas, peas are incredible. Yeah, but I love peas too. But... Carbs and protein in, in, a, in a sweet little green thing. <laughs> oh, let's go. <laughs> But yeah, so this is not me, you know, being on my high horse having said that, you know, I've always eaten veg. No, I hated vegetables. Mm. And it's still something I struggle with. Like even a couple of years ago, I came to you. I was like, I need to eat more vegetables. How do I make them nice? Because I don't, know, I don't yeah. like them. <laughs> and it is, you're right. It's the way you cook them. It's the way you season them. Yeah. I've said for a long time, there is a market there for a recipe book that is pure vegetables and ways to make them taste nice. Yeah, and, and people have started doing it. Like the, that veg every day book by... Um, what's his name from Fern Cottage or whatever the programme was oh, Hugh Fernie Wooten still yeah he brought one out uh, Jamie Oliver has brought one out not mostly veg so I think people are capitalising out on there but yeah just make it taste like don't boil it to death like your mum and dad did it's insane yeah we're not saying make yourself miserable yeah. with food like enjoy your vegetables but like, do include them yeah, like, yeah. I, I, what's the favourite seasoning go because this will make everybody's food taste better and they'll eat more vegetables if it's good Right, top top two. What was your go-to seasoning? Top two. We're gonna to have to skip me on this because mine's. You have ketchup. Seasoning. I got into peas. Seasoning. I would eat peas with like a fork full of ketchup. That yeah. was the only way I could get through them. And but gradually, I eat less ketchup, and now a bit yeah. of vinegar. I love vinegar on peas, oh. actually. Vinegar. Yeah. Oh, Underrated vinegar. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have a favourite. I think it depends on the vegetable, but I will say a honey roasted parsnip and yeah. a honey roasted carrot are yeah. up there for me. Uh, mustard, go add mustard. Oh yes, yeah. and mustard. Oh, go yes. add the mustard. Um, like the obvious one, salt and pepper. Yeah, a lot of people don't even yeah. think of salt and pepper. No, because again, they think, oh, this oh, is bad for me. Oh, salt's bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I put salt and pepper on all your veg; it'll taste incredible. I like but this has come from person that. that can't eat a lot of peppers. So. <laughs> yeah. Smoked paprika's nice. And I've recently got into, I think you pronounce it, sumac. Um, oh, sumac. I uh, love it so it's, much. It's a very, like... It's vinegary. Le- yeah, very vinegary kind of lemony. And it, it goes just, through your nose. That's yeah, what I love about it. And it just honestly steps up all mm. of your, like vegetables it's a very top note and, and mark always laughs at me because i talk about flavors in terms of like where you feel it in your throat yeah. like you get those deep like gingers it's like a back of your throat, your throat like, yeah no, I get what uh, josh mean. is laughing at me no, now I but, 100% <laughs> but <laughs> sumac's a very yeah no it's, it's like is. burning your throat isn't yeah it? it's like a deep and then no, salt is like a very middle ground it's yeah, like an all-rounder but sumac is a right up the top there it's like, a top beautiful note. It's and so again good. it's like you get it from sainsbury's um you know, it's a, a pound or, you know, it's it's not too expensive. You don't, you only use a little bit of it. And I think just even just buying one spice um, or one seasoning um, this week where you can, you know, go and add that to your vegetables is going to be 
again great you don't need to again go out and buy 10 different seasonings just yeah. start even off with salt you know pepper, those um, mexican one. seasoning packets you know like for fajitas and yeah. stuff like that actually you can chop up a load of vegetables and fry it in that and again frying is not the devil you can use yes, some oil and it doesn't have to be fry light or any of that oh, well no. i do use a spray just because it's convenient but it is just olive oil but in a spray form yeah, yeah so, oh yeah, talking of fry light, don't eat fry light. Please don't eat fry light. Please don't kill yourself with fry light. It's stupid. Again, it's that's another bad. thing. That's really and one cow spray. Yeah, on Weight Watchers and things. Why do you do that all the time? It's so easy. <laughs> it's awful. Why is it one awful? cow spray is... It's little, all just carcinogens. It's, yeah, you're yeah. just trying to give yourself cancer. And, uh, don't do it. Don't and do it. And, and like, <laughs> I love cooking with like coconut. If, if someone's going to give me cancer, sorry, Nick, it's not yeah. fucking fry like. My body's not going to be like fry like. This is the fucking one now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but again, that's that's a demonising of fat, isn't it? And yeah. actually, a nice olive oil is good for you. Yeah. yeah, I love olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil. They tend to be. Uh, the ones I um, coconut go, oil is go, good for y- roast potatoes. Yeah, oh. I, the the three that I tend to go for. I think um, obviously some oils you can't heat above a certain temperature and things like that. But um, yeah, again, that's just something that is demonised as well. Which... And while we're here, fatty meat also not a problem. Animal fats are good for you. We are evolved to eat them. They are good for your body. Your body digests them very well. You don't have to cut all of the meat, all the fat off of your meat. You can eat the fat. You can let it cook in its fat if you want. If you don't like the texture of it, great, fine, chop it off. But don't, if you love it, please eat it. And it is delicious. It's so delicious. (laughs) I know. I I mean, I know you're a vegan, Bernie, and I'm sorry about this, but roast (laughs) potatoes and goose fat. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Gone gone are the days I can eat that. (laughs) Okay, so uh, summary, I guess, is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. Look at who's making the money. Mm. Yeah. And give context to everything. That's something we did keep coming back to of like, you put context around it as well to anything that you're doing. Your BMI, your food, your own medical like conditions, your, your own mindset. weight, your, your height, mm. all of that put context around things because it's otherwise it's so subjective yeah and with nutrition keep it simple don't Mm. Mm -hmm. don't stress about it just eat vegetables eat some starchy carbs eat some protein quote michael scott kiss keep it simple stupid (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening guys Join us next week when we'll be talking all about starting fitness or how to get back into a routine when you've been away for a long time. See you then.